I mean, I, I bring that up as an example because that literally happened last week. I was I couldn't sleep. I was up at 1.30 in the morning. I, for, I realized that I needed a pair of navy suspenders because I had uh, black, tan, uh, and cardinals. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, let's just go see if we can find it. Found a pair for 10 bucks. They threw in a free bow tie with it. I'm like, hell yeah, let's oh, do that. come on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so deal of the century. It's uh, it's the most Noah Brown thing I could have done because I have actually done it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have one pair of suspenders, and I've worn them once. It's I own I, zero pairs of suspenders, and I have worn them zero times. That is a go. crime, TJ. I got my first pair of suspenders for Christmas, and they have essentially replaced all of my belts in my dress wardrobe. Yeah, I'm, I, that's that's an underlooked part of suspenders. It is, and and like they, depending on what pair you have, they can you can dress them up or dress them down. Like it, I guess it's kind of hipster, but you can wear them with jeans. I've done that a couple of times, and it just, I don't know, it, it it's it's a way to feel feel classy. Plus, you don't have to deal with with belts, and I'm I'm not the biggest fan of belts. I don't. I always think you guys have seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, of course. Yeah, have we talked oh, about yeah. this before. Okay. Okay. Um, I just automatically think of Terry Crews. Now. Oh my gosh! Yes. Like that's how I think I look when I wear suspenders. That's how I want to look when I wear suspenders. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's a, that's a better way to put it. Like that's how I I just think I'm like, oh yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I look as big. good as Terry Crews. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, wait, I'm you know 170 pounds lighter than him, and all of that 170 pounds is muscle. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm definitely the same as an ex-NFL player, right? <laughs> <laughs> Terry Crews. Yeah, I don't wear suspenders because uh, the shape of my body is approximately the same as a fettuccine noodle. Um, <laughs> so if you put suspenders on a fettuccine noodle, it will look strange. So I do not wear suspenders. That's, that's a good point. It will, in fact, look strange. Is that why your nickname oh, is man. Noodle? Because you actually look like a noodle? That is not why, <laughs> but, but it, it's apt. It is apt. <laughs> yes, the the noodle moniker. Okay, we're gonna go. This is a deep cut in the TJ anecdote. <laughs> yep. All right, and it has. It is probably my most boring anecdote, but I always have to give it to people because people are always curious about the noodle name. Um, the noodle name comes from one time when I was like thirteen. I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings, right? And I was playing. They had those little buzz time trivia things. Yeah. You guys remember those? Oh, yeah. On the TVs oh, where you yeah. would do the trivia games? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I killed it at those, first of all. Um, and <laughs> I would always sign in as TJ. So I wanted to see my score. I wanted everyone to know TJ was beating them. Until <laughs> one day, there was another TJ. So there were two TJs, and we couldn't tell... Which one was which? We couldn't tell which one was winning. So I changed my name and I was like, hmm, what should I change my name to? And it took about five seconds of thought for early teenage TJ. I was like, what do I like? Because people change their names to things they like. And I was like, noodles. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Noodle. <laughs> and that is the story of uh, continuing to this day, almost 10 years now of noodle usernames yeah that's your it's, it that's your twitter yep. right it, it snapchat it's such too, a mood sure. that the first thing you thought of constantly it, implying that it is constantly on your mind is you know noodles is. you know that pasta is always on my mind <laughs> and i don't blame like pasta is one of my favorite dishes but just that you're at you're at a buffalo wild wings with with yeah. known for its chicken wings among other things yeah. and Aside from their mac and cheese, I don't think they have a pasta dish. And when I think mac and cheese, noodles really doesn't come to mind because it's, it's macaroni and cheese. Um, so, so to be in this place, in this paragon of, of dining, and to think 
noodles right away like that. I yeah. We were talking about 2 a.m. Noah purchasing suspenders as the pinnacle Noah anecdote. That is the pinnacle TJ anecdote. Yes, for sure. What can I say? I just love noodles. Noodles. Is that your favorite? I don't really know where I was going with that. Is that I was going to say your favorite food, but then it's like, well, noodles are used for a pasta. That's that's the reason I love it so much. It's just so versatile, right? Alfredo, yeah. carbonara, marinara, vodka sauce, baked ziti, right? Like that's right yeah. off right off the bat. Five incredible dishes. Mac and cheese, right? You get some buffalo mac, some Ooh. barbecue mac. There, there's variations on variations, variations on variations. Cheese, right? You know, it is very feasible that you could go two weeks just eating pasta dishes for dinner. And not get bored, not get sick of it. You get real fat. Not only yeah. is it possible, it has happened oh, many of course, times. Yes. <laughs> it's also really cheap too. Like you put noodles in soup. Okay, and we're not even started on noodles <laughs> in non-Italian food, which there are many of them, and they are all uh, delicious. Asian, yeah, like food pad thai noodles. noodles. Oh, yeah, dude, are you kidding me? Oh, oh gosh! Oh god! Noodles are a superior food. It's very wow. Yeah, there's just so many, so many directions you can go with. And it. back to Anthony's point too, it's incredibly cheap. Like you can get a pound of noodles for a dollar. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. That was the the first week that I I lived in my first apartment, junior year of college. Uh, I was pretty broke. Uh, and so my dinner every night for that first week until I got my first paycheck was pasta in olive oil, salt, pepper, and a little bit of garlic salt and onion salt. And yeah. that just, it, it tastes really good. So I, I didn't get bored of it and it's it's filling. So I spent probably in total about $3 for dinner that week. If you had done that for a couple more weeks, you would have ended up with scurvy, but, uh, you know. Scurvy, <laughs> diabetes, uh, high cholesterol, uh, you name it. But all of the above. It would have been worth it. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, is that you can, you can store that for, like, a week, if not more. You know what I mean? Like, you... It's, it stuff keeps beautifully. Yeah, as long as you yeah. get it in, in an airtight like, container, it's it's yeah. it's gonna last you until the end of the month at least. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Also, before we dive in, uh, kind of, we're gonna take a random turn here. Um, but I was coming up when I when I was driving up to Minnesota yesterday. Uh, I stopped at two gas stations. I had to fill up with gas in Columbia, and I had to fill up with gas in Des Moines. At both places. I got, uh, let's see, at, at Columbia, I got a 32-ounce soda, and at uh, uh, Ankeny, right outside of Des Moines, I got a 20-ounce bottle of soda. Both of them were Mountain Dew, <laughs> and I was thinking about last week's episode and the banter that we were talking oh. about, um, and it, as I was sitting there drinking it, because I, I did it mostly to stay awake, because I didn't get into Minnesota until about 2 a.m., 2 2.30 yesterday, Um. I'm thinking about it. It's like, I am going to hate myself after this. This is going to suck. And I got, I, I pulled into the driveway and it's 2.30 in the morning. I, I'm feeling fine. My, my mouth feels a little gross. I, I don't know if you guys ever experienced that, but like when you get to the end of a road trip and you, you've been yep. sustaining yourself on, on gas station soda and chips and maybe a, a, a strip of gum to try and freshen your breath up, but your, your mouth just feels gross. But mm -hmm. I got there, and, and that was it. Like, I was feeling fine. I'm like, hey, maybe I can handle this Mountain Dew stuff. Um, and then I wake up this morning. My, my dog wakes me up at 8 a.m., and I sit up, and I'm like, oh, crap. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just been it, – it, there's been, like, this brick in my stomach for the last two hours solely because of that Mountain Dew. Yeah. Was it worth it? No I one? thought. 
I think so because I didn't die from like falling asleep at the wheel. So it's true. I'm, that's uh, fair. Brick, yeah. brick in your stomach is is better than being dead. I think that's a that's fair true. trade off. Plus, my my parents make coffee so strong that clears out the system in a couple hours anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good to go here pretty soon. Oh man! All right, that's great. <clears throat> This is a sports podcast. Let's talk about sports. Welcome to Q4. I, Since this episode doesn't have any sections, I don't know how I'm going to cut that, but welcome to Q4 podcast, a sports podcast. We talk about sports. My name is TJ, and I like noodles. <laughs> My name is Noah, and I can stand Mountain the, Dew. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my name is Anthony, and uh, I had coffee this morning. It sounded like an intro at like an AA meeting. <laughs> my name is Anthony, it and it's been four days since I've had coffee. Hi, Anthony. Ma- Hi, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, we're feeling good. Feeling great. It's cloudy feeling outside. Good. It's cold. It's going to snow tonight in freaking May. Where sports are still canceled, there's still a pandemic. Everything is just turning up Q4 today. Wait, is this supposed to snow tonight? I get back. I'm not even here for a day, and already the weather's gone. Yeah, it's supposed to rain rain this afternoon slash evening, and then a possibility of like an inch or two of accumulation overnight. What? Yeah. Dumb. Yep. Hey, Minnesota, stop it. (laughs) <laughs> stop it's like that old michael jordan stop commercial it. or is that get some that help. was michael jordan wasn't it <laughs> yeah stop it get some <laughs> oh man stupid stupid dumb stupid stupid jeff city is supposed to be 80 degrees later this week hey noah guess what nobody asked <laughs> <laughs> did you just get emotional now <laughs> i don't think i've met a person who vehemently detests a single concept or idea more than TJ detests cold. I just... It's just the worst thing. I despise it with every fiber of my being. It's proof that we live in a fallen world. That cold (laughs) exists. That it's allowed to get below 50 degrees. (laughs) So, are you going to live in Minnesota the rest of your life? Okay, so let's just let's just unpack those two statements here for a second. It should never be allowed to get under fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. And yes, I'm going to live in Minnesota the rest of you my life. You ever heard of penitential suffering? <laughs> <laughs> Only from you. <laughs> that is that is what the idea of Minnesota is to me. Um, also, in a more uh, realistic sense, Minnesota is a great place uh, in spite of the cold. I am not here That's because true. of the cold. I am here because everywhere where it is warm sucks. And I think it's a real testament to Minnesota that so many people stay in spite of the cold being here for six months out of the year. It's got to be one freaking awesome state if people are willing to put up with the bull crap that is the negative 60 degree wind chills we get like in some January. If I'm going to move somewhere where there's no winter, where am I going to move? Southern California? Arizona? Florida? I do not want to live in any of those places. You wouldn't want to live in Southern California? I don't really feel like paying $3,000 a month for a 800 square foot apartment. All right? <laughs> That's true. That's fair. That's true. And it's probably more like 400 yeah. square feet for that. <laughs> and with a roommate. With a roommate. Right, right. You guys are sharing a bed. Can you imagine living oh, in man. New York then, where you get the worst of both worlds? You get all the cold oh, of Minnesota. I don't know how New York sticks around. I don't either. I What I heard today, or this week, um, someone mentioned there's some property in Manhattan. Manhattan, apparently, for buying like a house or an apartment or a condo or something averages about $1,500 a square foot. What? What? So like if you're going to buy a thousand square foot apartment, it's going to cost you what? 1.5 million. I don't think you can call 
a 1,000 square foot, 1.5 million living space. The same thing that I call my little 600 square foot, $400 a month in rent living space in (laughs) Jefferson City. Those two things are not the same thing. Like, if I'm thinking about what a 1.5, what $1.5 million is, like, you think about NFL players, right? Making big contracts, buying big houses, okay? An NFL player, on an NFL player contract, could afford, like, what? A big apartment in Manhattan? Yeah. Like, moderately uh, yeah, sized like big, Slightly bigger than average. <laughs> it's probably got a nice kitchen. That's uh, that's another win for Minnesota right there. You think of the Minnesota Vikings, they're able to get some really fancy houses in Eden Prairie. Yeah, Kirk and, Cousins? Yep. Kirk Cousins could buy the biggest and best house in the Midwest in Minnesota. And it wouldn't like it wouldn't cost him more than like a quarter of his salary. It wouldn't make a yeah. dent in that contract. Wow, that's hmm. I had to try to relate it to sports. Because I introed us as a sports podcast and immediately started talking about New York (laughs) real estate. (laughs) The true Q4 is the true renaissance podcast. It really is. We have a lot of knowledge about a lot of topics and we are not proficient in any of them. Speaking and not being... Also very... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. I I just had a really good segue Also very... Also very unafraid to uh just go in and call ourselves basically experts or at least talk like we're experts on those topics no we are so. experts if you yeah. <laughs> if you go in with blind confidence and reckless abandon you have no idea what you can accomplish the only thing that separates experts from rubes is the amount of confidence with which they <laughs> administer their statements <laughs> and boy do we live by that sorry i ruined your perfect segue no, you're all good uh but yeah so it's just it speaking of doing things uh what was the the phrasing used there tj basically being bad at things uh that goes i've got a couple things i want to talk about today uh mainly nl pitchers hitting Ooh, i like it because there were some talks going around that the dh could be coming to the nl as soon as 2021 and I believe okay, I've made I hate my. That. First of all, I'm going to say it right now. I hate that. I believe I've made my opinion known on this show that I vehemently detest the DH. I think it is it is it sim- oversimplifies the game uh, and and takes away some of the key strategy elements. But then there was also it came with the caveat that um, Albert Pujols' contract is also up at the end of. Whenever this season, be- or whatever this season takes place, whether it's this year or next year, his contract is up after that. And so there is a possibility that Albert Pujols could come back to St. Louis as a DH. I think that is the only way he would come back. And so I think I would be willing to sacrifice my my beliefs in keeping the DH <laughs> out of the NL if it meant we could have Albert Pujols come back to St. Louis for a season or two to try and chase 700 home runs uh, and cap his career as a Cardinal. But See, then that okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I the thing about this that gets me is I love the DH specifically because it's a major rule difference between the AL and the NL. So when you get interleague play or you get the World Series, it requires shifting your team from one set of play to another when you're playing in an opposing ballpark. And I love that. I love when the Twins go on the road and suddenly Jose Barrios has to bat. And he hasn't done that in years. Or when the Cardinals come to town and suddenly they have to put in a DH. And you see, I love that. It makes me so happy. So if we put the DH in the NL, we get rid of that. We get rid of that. Exactly. I don't like it. And that's really the only substantial difference between the NL and AL. So if you get rid of it in an interleague play, it's just a name at that point. You know, whether you're in the NL or the AL, there's really not much of a difference. Um, plus, it gets rid of some of my favorite moments in baseball when pitchers hit and when pitchers rake. I was going back trying to figure out why I so vehemently did not like... You really like that word this morning. I do. I, I'm stuck on it. It just... it it, it I forget where I I heard it on the radio somewhere last night, and it it has just stuck with me. It it just accurately encapsulates 
my vehement love for the word vehement. <laughs> but I was trying to go back and figure out why I disliked the the DH so much. And it goes back, as all things do with me, to the Cardinals. In 2006 and 2007, Adam Wainwright, when he was batting, was actually a... I'm going to see if I can find his stats here real quick. Um... Yeah, here. So, in his first two full seasons with the Cardinals in 2007 and 2008, can both of you guess what his batting average was for either of those seasons? 500. I'm going to say, thinking of how many times he, I'm going to say 330. It was, uh, TJ was actually 500 in his first season, but he only had uh, six plate appearances. Uh, but I was still right. Yes. So. Still, but, uh, but yeah. in, in 2007, he had 74 plate appearances and batted 290 with two home runs. Or sorry, one home run, three doubles, and 18 hits. In 2008, uh, he had 65 plate appearances and batted 267 with a home run, six RBI, and two doubles. And so really, I, it kind of goes back where he, for a, whenever he was at bat he was an above average hitter regardless of of position he was a good hitter for his first two seasons uh and even now you know he's batting i think right at 200 which is far better than most pitchers in this league uh and so it just when you have a pitcher who can who can hit like that who can play like that is it just adds so much more excitement and and fascination to the game i think plus i also saw uh, let's see, it was two, oh, sorry, uh, four years ago yesterday, I think, uh, May 7th, 2016, still stands as one of the greatest moments in baseball history, because a certain lovable pitcher Bartolo. named Bartolo Colon <laughs> hit his first and only career home run, and watching the highlight of that, the, the the crowd reaction that happened there. I mean, you would have thought that the Mets had just won game six of the World Series. I mean, oh that gosh. place was absolutely bonkers. And so I, I guess, I don't know, I, I, I usually try and formulate a question to see what you guys think, but it's just, with this, I, I don't have much of a question. I just, I like pitchers hitting. It, it, it adds some fun, and yeah, a lot of pitchers don't do as well. But it adds some strategy to the game, and when you have a pitcher who can hit and who can hit well, it just elevates, I think, the 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 game that much more. See, I always think about pitchers hitting like I think about punters throwing. Uh, in that, when you have a punter who can throw, it really changes the dynamic of your game, opens up a lot of options, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but most of them cannot, so making it an integral part of the game feels weird. And that's my opinion on pitchers hitting. I, <laughs> I, 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 like I said before, I like it in the NL. Um, I like having the DH in the AL. I think the love that you have for uh, pitchers hitting would be shifted greatly if Adam Wainwright had not been a good hitter. Oh, and 100%, the Cardinals had been yes. punished for two True. decades with pitchers who couldn't hit. Uh, well, and that's like, as most teams are. So. Adam Wainwright's first at bat, the first pitch he saw as a major leaguer, he smoked for a two-run home run. That's awesome. I I love it. Like it's I like what you said. No, it it brings added strategy to the game, and to a point like where there's there's times in many National League games when they don't have a pitcher. Like there, there might be a specific point in time where a pitcher is not actually in the rostered spot as a pitcher. You know what I mean? Like you have to pinch hit for the pitcher, and then it's like, well, now we have to add this whole other thing in about who's going to pitch for the person who's a second baseman that is currently in the pitching position. So I mean, the the it it adds some interest. The double See, switch is adds- a major strategy talking point, and it's only available in the NL because of the 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 pitchers hitting. If the pitchers didn't hit, the double switch goes away. It adds yeah. strategy, but also it's like making the NFL team swap out their running back for a center every ninth play would also add a lot of strategy. 
but it wouldn't be great. Yeah, but it's I I like it because it, like you said, it's something that is is you have to change to think about when you get into the playoffs or mm-hmm. when there's interleague play happening. Yeah. And there would really be no, like I get excited. I don't know why, but I always get excited when there's interleague play or it's like, Oh, 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 we're playing a national league team. Oh, well that means, wait, okay. What does that mean again? Do it. Okay. Well, if we play, okay. Now our pitchers have to, you know, it's just like a, there's yeah. some excitement. I don't, there's some buzz about I don't it. like it on principle or like what it is necessarily, but I like that it creates a headache for both teams depending on where they play. Like, again, going back to my other example, if the AFC had the rule where every ninth play your running back had to be swapped out for a center and the NFC did not have that rule, playing in different stadiums, you'd have to think a lot more about your every ninth play, wouldn't you? Um, Doesn't mean that the rule in and of itself is good or bad. It's just nice to have something to think about when you are going somewhere else. Um it also gives an unfair advantage to the Los Angeles Angels when they are playing against NL teams because they have Shohei Otani, who is is essentially a two-way player to begin with, um, and now he just doesn't have to play as a batter or a DH. He could just play as a pitcher. Yeah, but that's what makes people like that so needed then. Mm-hmm. And so sought after. Oh, yeah. And if that's – then we're just getting more people that are, are better athletes in the I game. I do also think it's it very better. funny that Shohei Otani, arguably the best batting pitcher that the league has ever seen, or talent-wise, you haven't seen much from him because of his surgery. Um, but I just think it's funny he ended up on an AL team that <laughs> <laughs> the guy yeah, who yeah. looks like he could be the prototypical batting pitcher and he plays – for the Angels, right next <laughs> to the best NL team, arguably, and they don't get to have him. Although I think it might actually work out better for Otani because, yeah, if he was playing for an NL team, he'd be able to pitch and bat, but he'd only be playing every fifth game. Mm-hmm. Whereas now yeah. he can pitch one out of every five games and then still take at bats four out of every five games. So the the Angels, are, I think, are actually getting more value out of ha- having Otani uh, than an NL team would. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. Yeah. And the Angels that. are still not going to win a World Series with him or Trout, which or is Fools. so upsetting. They have it's... two of quite possibly generational. Like Mike Trout is a generational talent. There's no argument For about sure. that. Uh, Shohei could be a generational talent, and they're not going to win a World Series with either of them. And I remember just when they upsetting. Remember when they signed Pujols back in 2012? They gave him that 10-year, $240 million contract, and they had just drafted Mike Trout, and they were thinking, oh, yeah, this is this is it. This is our year. And the Angels looked like they were going to be a super team uh, and have proceeded to get Mike Trout exactly one postseason appearance. What's uh, wrong with the Angels? And I believe like, Mike— Have we I, narrowed down what the cause of this is? Because their team should be good. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, on paper, they're a lot like the Vikings, I I guess. Although the Vikings have made it to many more postseason games. Um, but, like, we're on paper, they should be the best team. So why aren't they? Do we know? What's going on there? Well, they've kind of put all their eggs in the Mike Trout basket. Not to say that he didn't deserve it, but they paid him a crap ton of money, did they not? Plus, they're still paying Albert Pujols $24 million a year as well. Yeah. And Albert Pujols is is old. Yeah, and he is (laughs) almost immediately immediately when he signed that contract, you knew it was going to to hamper the uh, Angels' ability to be competitive in free agency later on down the road. But you are hoping that you're going to get, you know, the otherworldly Albert Pujols, who is arguably the best player of all time through his first 10 years in St. Louis, which they did not get either. So I think the decline of Pujols and the, the rapid decline of Pujols uh, after he signed with the Angels plays a huge factor in the in the point that they don't have a World Series and they only have one postseason appearance since they brought in Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. It's just sad. It's just... It's just sad. I think 
Will he be? Will he be one of the greatest baseball players to never win a championship? You hope yeah. not. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah, you hope not for sure. He's that's the other thing. Is that like, does anyone not like Mike Trout? How can you not like him? Yeah, I, I've never, I never hear any like you hear analysts going off about every player in every sport, but I never hear anyone going off on Mike Trout. He's just such a good I was, guy. I was listening to a a Cardinals podcast on, on my drive up to Minnesota, and they got onto onto Mike Trout. They were talking about Mike Trout. It's like, oh yeah, he's just one of the greatest guys in the game. He's an absolute joy to be around. Just just a, a fantastic dude and a great ball player. And like, how did we get here? But yes, yes, he is. Yeah, well, you can't not like him. So it's like everyone kind of just wants him to get one. I did do a quick look. Because I was curious about why the Angels aren't getting to the playoffs. And then I remembered that there is a certain uh, organization that shall not be named standing in their way every year um, with uh, cameras and garbage cans. So uh, that explains that makes a, a lack of difficult. postseason appearances Although, for them as well. The Astros weren't good until, you know, middle 2010. So for those first four or five years that they had they had the rangers to deal with then yeah but still i mean as we were talking about i mean they they should be one of the best teams they 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 had a loaded roster why they couldn't do anything with that they they should be able to compete with those teams in the west why they haven't is beyond me but so the last time the angels won the world series was 2002 and I was just trying to remember for our conversation last week about old baseball games uh, like MVP baseball, right? Um, they had uh, like David Eckstein and oh, who's the other guy? Oh, time out. Going back, nostalgia. The Angels haven't had a winning record since 2015. That is a, a crying yeah. shame. That, that is a travesty. That Sorry to interrupt try. you, Anthony, but I just... No, it's okay. I was looking stuff that... up, so yeah. Oh, my gosh. Darren Darren Erstad. Remember him? Yeah. And Tim Salmon and Troy Percival. Oh, that was with the old Angels logo, Did, too. Back when they were in wow. Anaheim. Didn't they have yeah. uh, the oldest Molina brother as their catcher, too, that year? Benji. Yep. yep. I mean, John Lackey, Sean Figgins, dude, they were good. So apparently the Angels just have to build, like, the most incredible super team ever assembled just to get to the World Series. Well, now they do with, you know, the... Now they, yeah. With Houston in their division and obviously in the AL, you still have teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and hopefully the Twins oh. this year. This year, in quotation marks, because we don't know anything yeah, about this that's year. That's true. Whenever I say this year, just know that I mean whenever the frick the season I'm starts. I'm keeping up the uh, <laughs> the statement that the Twins are currently undefeated. It's true. Haven't lost. Haven't lost in 2020. Now you just sound like one of those sad Minnesota fans who's looking for even the, the Noah, I am a hope. sad Minnesota fan. I know, I'm just saying, <laughs> you, you, your sad Minnesota fan is showing real of bad. Of course there. I sound like one. I've been one <laughs> since the year I was born. <laughs> yeah, it also uh, doesn't help that the Detroit Tigers are also undefeated this year. So Major turnaround for them. Major <laughs> right, turnaround. Right. Killing it. Can I make a really random comment before I move on? Uh, I know you yeah, have. I know please. you haven't seen it, TJ. But uh, Anthony, have you seen the TV show The Clone Wars? I have Anyone? not. Okay, well, it's it's Star Wars animated TV series. Uh, the the voice actress who plays the one of the main Jedi, Ahsoka, in that Ashley Eckstein, I just found out is uh, actually married to David Eckstein. Uh, who what? Oh no yeah. way! Because uh, I David Eckstein was with the wow. Cardinals in in two thousand six. Uh, and was their World Series MVP for uh, for that year, uh, and I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those things where I was watching the Clone Wars, and then I'd go play, you know, or, or go watch some baseball, uh, and then those two names came up, and I was like, huh, I wonder if they're related at all? Because obviously, anybody with the same last name is obviously related to everybody else with that same last name. <laughs> um, but sure enough, yeah, I went in and and 
they were married. So I was like, hey, that that's really cool. What a small oh, world. She wrote a book, too. Ashley Eckstein. Yes. Huh. Well, and also, it's not like they have your last name either. It's kind of, it's a little bit right. more. <laughs> I don't know, so yeah. Eckstein isn't, it's more. not like Parsegian or anything. It's just. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. Fulton Evich. <laughs> Birnbaum. I think Fulton Evich is a little bit more <laughs> more obscure than That's Birnbaum. True. Thank what about, you. Uh, what true. about Bermel Hommel? Bermel Hommel's a little harder to come by, yeah. Have I told you that story, Anthony? Bermel Hommel. I, I, that name sounds familiar, so when, maybe, but I, I don't know. Please enlighten me. When again. I first met TJ, he introduced himself First off, as Terrence Shaniqua, and I'm like, no, oh, that's yeah. that's false. He was like, yeah, no, it's 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 TJ, uh, and he told me his last name was Bermel Hamel, and I'm like, okay, he he straight up went for it on the first one. There's no way he'd he'd try and do that again, and so I just accepted right. it that his name was TJ Bermel Hamel, and I don't I don't know where we were, but about a month later, uh, I don't know how it came up, but like his contact flashed up on my phone. I think he was sending me a meme or something. And the notification came up uh, and it just said TJ Bermelhamel. And he just starts dying laughing. And I'm like, what? What's so funny? He's like, dude, my last name isn't Bermelhamel. And I'm like, no, no, you're not doing this to me again. It is Bermelhamel. There, there's no way. Pulls out his driver's license. Has to show me that, no, his real name is in fact TJ Birnbaum. <laughs> Why? Isn't that funny how, like, people have, like, you guys are great friends, and TJ was just a prick when you guys first <laughs> met for the first time? Like, was it like, just, oh, yeah, my name's Terrence Shaniqua. Like, what? Dude, I, I my name's Noah Brown, <laughs> and you're, you're going to tell me your name is Terrence Shaniqua? Come on, dude. Well, that's it, like, he just had such a, I, I don't know the, the best word for it, but just this, this approachable persona like he just you saw him and he was like that that's a guy you want to be friends with and there's just kind of this this laid back magnetism (laughs) to it where he just he had this 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 i i didn't think of it as you know he was trying to intentionally trick me he just thought i was like hey this this could be kind of funny um see i did that multiple times to multiple people and it was always a this is funny but like I'm not going to string it along for too long, right? Like, I'm going to be like, ha-ha, this is funny, and then tell them the truth. Um, I'd say a month is a pretty freaking long time. (laughs) See, no, usually by the end of the conversation, (laughs) I have cleared up the air, but I forgot to do it to Noah. Um, So, (laughs) it, it continued for longer than I expected. Um, And I know it continued for longer than I expected elsewhere as well, because I did walk by someone in the student center at St. Thomas once, and I overheard a conversation. I overheard someone say, did you know there's someone that goes to this school named Terrence Shaniqua? And I had to run, I had to run away. Yeah, it's that blonde white dude running away over there. That's <laughs> jumping through the doors and over the fountain to get away from us. <laughs> Doesn't want to be found oh out. Oh my god! How? When did that start for you? Oh gosh, was that I think college? it started like I think it was freshman year because that name came out of someone trying to guess my name. Um, <laughs> because everyone always guesses like Thomas James. Um, right. Like just like really generic names. Um, and I said, no, you're not going to get it. It's, it's a really like, it's a hard one to get. Um, and someone was like, Terrence Shaniqua. And I was like, (laughs) what? What? They're like Terrence Shaniqua. And I was like, that's, that's not it. But I love (laughs) Do you understand letters? (laughs) So, so I kept with it. And I, uh, then anytime someone tried to guess my name, I'd be like, it's Terrence Shaniqua. Just kidding. It's blank. I'm not going to give that out on this show because I value my privacy. Um, but it's not Terrence Shaniqua. I can tell you all that right now. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So that's where it started. Um, and usually it was, it was brought up when someone tried to guess what my initials were, which happened a lot. Um, and then I would always be like, it's Terrence Shaniqua. Ha, ha, ha. No, it's not. 
but apparently I forgot once. And then kind of like it spread. And it just happens to be one of your best friends of all time now that you do multiple podcasts with. That's <laughs> but hey, he knows my name now. So yeah. least, <laughs> Unless this is all in a lot of He knows my name. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, yeah, we're going to be like 70 years from now. TJ is going to be on his deathbed. Um, and it's going to be like one of those like, like disgustingly sappy Hallmark moments where we're, I'm laying down by his deathbed and he, he turns to me and it's like, Noah, no, I have to tell you something. I'm like, what? What is it? My last name is actually Bermelhoffel. <laughs> and then, and then boom, dead. dies right there. <laughs> gonna, I'm going to lean over to you and you're going to find out that my name was, my initials never were even TJ. Like my name is like David. <laughs> <laughs> Something completely it's, normal, but just yeah, not at all TJ. Instead of TJ Bierenbaum, it's David Parsegian. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living a lie this whole time. And not only you, but I've met your family. And I've met many people. Oh, yeah, you met who, the Parsegians. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's it's not just you who's in on it at this point. It, it is everybody in your circle. And I, I don't know if this is just a prank geared toward me or if it's geared toward anyone outside of that circle. But whatever it is, y'all are committed. <laughs> Never do something you're not 100% committed to, Noah. So that's that's the. Oh, uh, I do that every day. That's the real question. Uh, when, when you and Lisa get married, uh, is she going to be a Birnbaum or a Parsegian? Oh, Parsegian. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did we get uh, here? Why, where right. we started talking about the DH, and we've ended up. I th- at- I think it was. Didn't something with the, the Ecksteins? Oh, and... it was the Ecksteins. Everything always leads uh, back to the Ecksteins. The Ecksteins. God, the Ecksteins. Um, Noah, you had a second thing you wanted to talk about. What, did, did you not? It kind of morphed into two. I wanted to talk about the DH and, and pitchers hitting. So it was, it was oh, kind okay. of a, a two right. for one. Uh, I, I really just wanted to bring up Adam Wainwright and his ability to hit uh, and Bartolo Colon's uh, solo shot because that was still one of my favorite memories uh, in all of uh, from excuse me that sleep brain here uh <laughs> trying to recover from a road trip uh it was one of my favorite all-time memories in in baseball history that that bartolo colon single just, shot it's so good oh that was uh, that was all over instagram and twitter uh, two days like, ago or whatever you should, it was. You should go back just... and find just any any highlight from you know a a, a postseason game where a pitcher throws the the final strike it's that strikeout uh to win the series win the game uh for me like if you go back if you listen to uh you know 2013 nlds uh where adam wainwright strikes out uh uh the i forget what pirates batter it was to to advance the cardinals to the nlcs it's at home crowd goes nuts listen to that crowd reaction versus the crowd reaction uh in in met stadium shea stadium uh when bartolo cologne hits that that home run they are almost identical, and I think the New York Mets crowd might actually be even more excited just because it's that much more rare. They realize they're just seeing baseball history right in front of their eyes because it's one of the best characters in baseball history, Big Sexy, and he just went yard. Anthony, did you have any topics you wanted for today? Because I have one thing that we need to do before the end of this episode. Yes. Do you have something? Um really short um but on may 24th there is a golf match that is happening yeah there is that is this tiger um, film will hopefully yes will hopefully be entertaining and i was just looking up some stuff i saw uh there was a video they had like a like a zoom meeting those four so it's it's tiger and peyton manning against phil and tom brady which i also think is kind of hilarious because Tom Brady's just like, I don't need to get ready for this football season. I'm just going to go play in this golf match. No big deal, which I think is funny. Um, but it's the first nine holes are just best ball. So they'll take the best score out of their partnerships against the best score of the other partnership. And then the back nine is alternate shot, which will get really interesting. Ooh. So like Tiger will hit it off the tee, and then Peyton Manning will take the second shot, and then Tiger will take the third shot, and so on and so forth. Well, that's going to get very frustrating for the professionals. Yes. Alternate shot is like the worst thing of all time. It's so freaking frustrating because you hit a great shot, 
and then your idiot partner goes up there and just hits a total pooper and now you have to go fix what they've just done. Or you are gonna... the idiot partner and you feel really bad because someone right. just bombed 300 yards off the tee and you just shot your seven iron over the green. Yeah. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to that because uh, there's going to be like a huge donation to help COVID and it's, it's just going to be a really good thing because those four personalities are just really entertaining really fun to watch and all four of them are just super competitive too so like it's going to be a match like there's going to be trash talking and like fun and games but at the same time they're going to want to like beat the crap out of the other team so i am looking forward to that that's in what like three weeks from now so maybe less than three two weeks man two time weeks. has it's no two meaning from, anymore so i know <laughs> two weeks from tomorrow so uh, that that'll be awesome. That's just what I wanted to talk about because I love Peyton Manning, and it's gonna be fun to yeah, watch. That's gonna be a good time. <clears throat> and now, if I had air horns, I would blow them right now. Um, because announced earlier this week was the 2020 NFL schedule. If everything goes according to plan, the NFL schedule, Minnesota Vikings will play their first game on September 13th, 2020. Which means it's time for the Q4 predict the season of the Minnesota Vikings. I have in front of me the 2020-2021 regular season for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to read them off and we're going to decide whether or not they will win and lose. We're going to mark it down and we're going to decide what their record is going to be. I I, I went Mm. through this exercise with, with Christian a couple of days ago. Uh, no, it was like right right when the schedule was released, he, we were FaceTiming that evening. Um, and I hope you guys aren't as intentionally infuriating as he is. Because we went through <laughs> with the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Um, and it seemed like every head-to-head matchup that the Cowboys, like where it was a toss-up, uh, where they could win or they could lose, he was like, oh, they're obviously going to lose because the Cowboys suck. Uh, but anytime the Eagles had one of those toss-up matches, like, oh, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. They're going to win that. Uh, and then the Vikings were a little bit more objective. But I-, I hope you guys don't suck as much as he does. Well, you know we suck a lot. Oh, we But do. the question is, will the Vikings suck a lot? Week one. Home opener, season opener, Packers at Vikings. I think that's going to be a win. I think... I'm calling it a dub. Yeah, the the, the Packers yeah. and Vikings this season are, I think on paper, are fairly evenly matched. And the, the home crowd will really play a factor. I think most likely they're going to split the season series, each home team winning one. If we're thinking about where the world will be in September, if we are allowed to meet up again, like how happy Minnesotans will be to be able to go and watch the Vikings play football. And if we're not allowed to meet up again, how happy Kirk Cousins will be to finally play a game where he's not distracted by the crowd. (laughs) So either way, the Vikings take this one. Yeah, I agree. It's... uh... U.S. Bank is a really, it's just loud. Like, it gets really loud. I think it's turning into one of the toughest places to play. And especially when it's the Packers. Just because we hate the Packers and the Packers are like, eh, we hate the Bears. But we desperately want them to be like, no, you hate us. Make this a better rivalry. But And um, them being indifferent just makes us hate them more. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I I think that's a... That's a dub for uh, for Minnesota. I think it's important to sure. note the Vikings were one of the best home teams in the league last year, and U.S. Bank Stadiums, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium has one of the biggest home field advantages of any football field in the NFL. You're dang yeah. right. I, really quick, really quick. I know we have like 16 to get through, but um, I went to a game last year. And it was my first time going to a game at U.S. Bank Stadium, and. I remember from the dome, it was like, oh, third down, you know, people get loud and they're like, oh, you might have to punt. But at U.S. Bank, the entire game, every single third down, it got so freaking loud. They were playing the Lions that week and they're up by like 17 and there's like four minutes left in the fourth quarter and the Lions have the ball and it's 
third down and it gets so loud again and i'm like holy crap this has got to be so annoying it's like when you go to teams. a music festival and stand right in front of the speakers but you're in a crowd of thirty thousand, so they have them cranked enough to get all the way to the back but you're yes. right in front of the speakers that's how loud it is yeah it's it's, it's crazy but it was i would not like i'm yelling to my brother sitting right next to me like how am i supposed to yell on the field to my teammates to tell them when to hike the ball. What the heck? I went there. Uh, I've been there for two preseason games. And like we talk about regular season games, Minnesota gets hype about the Vikes, right? Like Minnesota, we are very yeah. into the Vikings. I went there for a week four preseason game. Minnesota Vikings versus the Miami Dolphins. Okay. This game was so hype. It was week four of the preseason. The starters played one drive. One drive. The game ended with Taylor Heineke running a fake two-point conversion and diving over the pylon to go up by one with like 30 (laughs) seconds left. Okay? The stadium's mostly empty, but it exploded. (laughs) Like, we... I have never been a part of such a strange sporting experience because nobody there should care it is week four of the preseason it is the most meaningless game in sports and yet here we are losing our minds because (laughs) mitch laudner came in for one (laughs) drive remember him remember the vikings signed him he came in he comes on the field the crowd is ecstatic there, there are things being thrown. There are people <laughs> screaming. We are losing our minds, okay? And I can't even imagine a rivalry game during the regular season with a full house. Yeah. Unbeatable. It's insane. Especially the, the first game of what, with all this, like, quarantine stuff, if they start on oh, time, yeah. this the first game of, like, sports or the first... Oh, that would be... That would be crazy town. So, yes... To make a short story long, Vikings are going to win. Uh, week two, Vikings at Colts. It's a dub. I, I, think, the dub. Colts are, I think the Colts are going to surprise with how good they are this season, but yes, I, I think a win. I think Agreed. they have Phillip Rivers. That's fine. Um, I think Colts' defense actually is formidable. Um, I think last season was more of a fluke because they were – a good team before then, but the Andrew Luck retirement uh, kind of threw the whole organization for a loop, um, and they didn't really have a way to, you know, you can't really plan for a guy deciding to retire before the season. Um, right. And, like, that's nothing on Andrew Luck, nothing on the team. It's just they they had no way to plan for that. Um, so I think with Phillip Rivers and, like, with them knowing their quarterback situation going into the season, they'll be better prepared. Um but I don't think they're as good as the Vikings. I think the Vikings will take that one. I, th- I think it's a good thing that they're playing the Colts in week two and not week 13 or mm-hmm. something, because I think the Colts would be a lot better yeah. later. They're the going to pick up momentum. It's going to be, it's going to be something. I'm interested to see if Phillip rivers succeeds in a new system, considering yeah. he's been the guy for San Diego slash Los Angeles for, years like his entire career a hundred years yeah he's he's been there he was there when the pyramids were built you know be there when they're gone (laughs) uh week three titans at vikings i i hate to be this guy uh but could we speed through the last few uh i guess the last 14 um my, yeah. uh, yes. my my father is currently making food upstairs uh and it smells delicious titans Uh, at vikings i'm giving it an l Giving yeah, him the first throw of the That's year. That's a tough one. I think Derrick Henry is going to do some bad, bad things to our defense. I think with it being at home, that'll make it closer. I think it's a toss-up. The Colts and Titans games are toss-ups, so I, I think they're going to win one, lose the other. That's fair. Uh, Vikings at Texans. Win. Oh God. Win. Uh, yeah, I'm calling it a win because the Texans are where the Colts were last year, and that the organization doesn't know what on earth it's doing. That's true. They have yep. no. And clue there's trying to be some sabotage going on from the inside yeah. with what's his face. Uh, Vikings at Seahawks. Loss. That's a loss. A loss. Yeah. 
Yeah, glad we're all on the same page there. <laughs> I think Seahawks are back as one of the top teams in the NFC. Oh, again. yeah. Yeah. Um, Falcons at Vikings. Win. That's a dub. That's a Win. Dub. Easy. Vikings at Packers. I think that's a loss. Uh, loss. Yep. At Lambeau in November. Lions at Vikings. Win. Obliteration. <laughs> Vikings at Bears. I'm also giving that a win. Even though Soldier is hard to play in, I'm going to give that a yeah. win because <sighs> the Bears are so confused. It should be a win, right? It should yeah. be a win. I, 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 But it's also Monday night. It out. feels like one of those very Minnesota Vikings games where it, it's going to be a close game. It's one they yes. should win, so therefore they're going to lose it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm calling it a dub. I'm it writing it down a win, as a yes. dub. Cowboys at Vikings. It'll be like the Bills game from earlier this year. Okay. Cowboys sorry. at Vikes. Win. Art loss. Win for the Cowboys. Okay. Objectively from Anthony. I I, <laughs> I want to hold that I Christian and I debated this for five to ten minutes. And I think if you look last season at that that it was a close game between the Cowboys and the Vikings. Vikings won twenty eight to twenty four. I think the Cowboys, their offense is currently better than the Vikings offense. I think it was last season. Objectively, the, the number one offense in the league. I think their defense has improved significantly from where it was uh, at that point last season. I think it'll be a close game, but I just I think the Cowboys offense is better than the Vikings office, offense at this point, and I think the Cowboys defense will be able to hold a little bit better against that Vikings offense than the... Uh, sorry, I'm getting myself confused here. Uh but anyway yes i cowboys I, overall i think are just a slightly better team and they significantly underperformed last season so i, I think okay. they're going to turn it around um and so i close one again i think the cowboys win this one i i think knowing what we know right now i would probably agree to say the cowboys win that game i think the x factor is dak prescott and he's gonna have to have a great game for them to win that I'm not so confident in, but I, I'd give that the slight edge to the Cowboys. We're going to we're going to hold out com- opinions on the possible L factor in Mike McCarthy until he can prove that he wins games. But I'm going to write it down as an L for the Vikes <laughs> for now because I do okay. agree, the team on paper for the Cowboys is better, but the right. team on paper was better last year, so it's a close True. L for now. Should have been Brown should have been in the Super Bowl if we were doing on paper last year. I'm also so. gonna uh, hold that the Cowboys were in a bit of a funk, uh, and we'll call it the Jason Garrett hangover because ten yeah. years with that guy is, oof, that'll kill yeah. anyone. That's uh, for sure. Panthers at Vikings win. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. Be the Teddy one Bridgewater g- gets a standing ovation <laughs> and then loses. <laughs> Heavenly. I was going to say, this might be the one time that the Vikings lose and there's cheers at U.S. <laughs> Bank Stadium. <laughs> That's yeah. a win, I think. He's going to come in. He's going to come on the field. Going to get huge standing ovation. Going to be the loudest that stadium has ever gotten. And then he's going to lose like 23-8. to eight. <laughs> uh, Jaguars at Vikings. Win. 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 Uh, Vikings at Bucks. Loss. Oh. Yeah, that, Loss, that I, think. I mean, the... Not a loss because the whole team of the Buccaneers is better, but because the Buccaneers passing offense against the Vikings pass defense yeah. is just yeah. it's it's outmatched. The Bucs could have one of That's the best be passing issue. offenses in the league next year. Yeah. I honestly don't think the Bucs will make the Super Bowl. I do not think they're the best team in the league. I do not think they will get to the point of being the best team in the league. But the best passing offense against a questionable pass defense gives them the edge in this game. I think overall the Vikings are a better team, but I think Bucks have a better offense right now. So I just wish Tom Brady could pass better. Like he's just ah, that's a whole other conversation, but I just ah, Bears at Vikings. He's not what he used to be. Dub. Yeah, I think they sweeped a bear Dub, this yes. year. That's, that's right. Uh Vikings at Saints. Loss. Loss. That sucks to say it, but it's true. Uh, they, 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 did in, they did too. go into New Orleans last year in the postseason and stunned the Saints. But I think it's it's reckless to to predict that that will happen or expect that that will happen. I think the yeah, Saints... Yeah, it was a stunner because it was unexpected. Right. The, like, the Saints, I don't even think the Vikings expected that. So The Saints overall, nope. I think, could be 
one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the best team in the NFC next season. They're just one but, of the most complete teams through and through on both sides of the ball. I'm going to say it right now. If the Saints make the playoffs, they are losing to the Vikings. I think, we have become, yeah. finally, the Vikings. A Minnesota team is playoff kryptonite <laughs> to someone else. I've we been waiting are, for this for so long. We are to the New Orleans Saints what the Yankees are to the Twins. And that makes me so That's happy. True. It makes me so happy that I now, when you go onto like the NFL Twitter page... Right, and you look in the comment section. There are Saints complaining about the Vikings, just mad about the Vikings in a post that mentions none of them. <laughs> yeah, and there's just like Saints and fans that's what that are mad about. It. I'm like, do. finally, <laughs> yeah. someone else thinks what we think about the Yankees. They think about us, except for the that's fact great. that the Yankees are stupid and the Vikings are great. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of objective, last views. game of the season, Vikings at Detroit. Win. I'm going to say that this is a loss because hopefully, optimistically, we will not be starting people that should be starting. Okay. I, I think we th- currently, I currently think the Vi- oh, sorry. our Go prediction ahead. has us at nine and six at this point. Vikings are not resting starters at nine and six. Yeah, no. The, and okay. even if they were, you know, that's true. Uh, 10 and five or 11 and four, I think the Packers are going to be right there with them. They, they cannot afford to rest starters in this one. Oh, I didn't realize we gave him so many losses. Okay, that's a win but, at so Detroit. This, this prediction puts us, we have a couple of swing games in here. So I would say this prediction puts us at most 11-5, and five, at least 8-8. Eight and eight. That's the, like, going back to our, oh gosh, this is what, two years ago now already where we were predicting uh, pretty much every team's win-loss record. Yeah. Um, I, yes. Going back, like there are... Even though we've predicted them at ten and six, there are ceilings and floors. I think the Vikings ceiling is actually at twelve and four. I yep. think they're they're yep. I they're, think that's a fair ceiling. Their floor is seven and nine, eight and eight. I mean, really it depends on how well the, the offense clicks without Stefan Diggs, uh, and if this defense can can remain yeah, I think after it rides, losing most of their it secondary. Mostly on the offensive line, because it's getting completely retooled. Um and then it's the defensive secondary. That's, I mean, yeah. that's like, because we know that the defensive line with the tutelage of Andre Pattinson and, uh, I mean, coming in to replace Ever- Everson Griffin is most likely a Fetty uh, Denebo. And we saw him play last year. He's a beast. He's great. We love him. Um, so I don't have many issues with the line, but the secondary is going to be challenging. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think that is like that's going to determine whether or not this team does what it should because the Vikings offense we know can put up consistent points. They're not the clutch offense that you you know see from Drew Brees and the Saints or Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, but this team does consistently put up points. Um they put up points when they are in comfortable positions in games and when they can beat you by 14. A shootout, exactly. They're less good in, but when the defense is solid, offense can put up points. So the secondary is where it lies. Jeff Gladney is our savior. He'll come. Jeff in Gladney, I I hate putting this much burden on a rookie because I know that coming in as a rookie is so hard, and when there's a lot of pressure, everyone can think of you as just a terrible, terrible player, even though you're. 22 and you've never played in the NFL before and you are are suddenly the number one guy on a professional football team um but sorry Jeff it's you, you gotta you gotta do this do it for Minnesota bud yeah we need it all right so we've got them at 10 and 6 right now I think that's a fair record um hopefully this season happens I I, be... I think that keeps them competitive <laughs> in the NFC playoff hunt. I can see them getting in as a uh, uh, probably a fifth seed wild card. If they reach their ceiling of twelve and four, they're going to have to beat the Packers both times, and I think that'll get them the division. So at yeah. least the number four seed. I don't see them getting a first round yeah. bye, but I think I think they could be a, a high three or four seed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, Which is good. And I think with that prediction, it's, uh, it's time for us to sign off for another week from all of us here at the Q4 podcast. Thanks. And hashtag. Hashtag Roma 2020. Go Browns. Hashtag Roma 2020. Hashtag 
uh, Teddy got signed. Hashtag spoof for boof. Hashtag Kevin. Am I missing any? It's impressive that you remember all those. I don't think honestly, I'm missing any. Because I'm just going nope, through in not. my head. We got five of them. I have them written down at my desk in my apartment. So I, I keep them taped oh, on that's my monitor great. so I can just read them <laughs> off like that. And with that, thanks. Thanks. <laughs>